Hey, what's up? Good to be with you. Uh, again, my name is Keith Robertson. Uh, if you're new with us here, if you're new with us online, I am the lead pastor here at the church. We're continuing this series, outlining and defining uh, the characteristics and uh, the culture that we believe God's building here. And of course, ultimately, it's because it's what God's building into his church, especially in this hour, in this time, uh, in this moment. And so glad to be doing that. Uh, we're, we live, of course, in a world that is increasingly more disjointed, right? We're, we have more distance than we've ever had. We have uh, more separation. A lot of our connecting now is done on screens. And so we're looking and we're finding things that are real to be more and more and more meaningful, right? I mean, if the vast majority of the way that we encounter or know or see each other is through social media, then what we all know is that you're not getting the most true person through social media. I mean, let's be honest about it, okay? People spend hours and hours working on their TikTok dances. And while that's entertaining... I don't know if that's really the real you, right? And I, I'm not against TikTok, TikTok, TikTok dance. TikTok can't say that TikTok dances. I would do one if I could dance or if I had TikTok. Is that a? I don't. I've seen that, and that's all I know. Um, uh, the, the the big thing, even over the last couple of years, has been the idea or the topic of fake news. Right? And it, what's real news and what's fake news? And who are the ones with the real news? And who are the ones that are propagating the fake news? And who's believing all of those things? And so these are the conversations that are going on all the time. And in the midst of that, in the world, it is becoming more and more desperate for what is real. The world is looking for the things that are actually real. And that's true of all of us. We all value real. We actually all value something that's authentic all the time. You can go back to when you were a kid. And I don't know if you were like this when you were kids. Certainly our kids are like this. If we ever ask our kids, what do you want for dinner? The answer is always pizza. This is what we want. <clears throat> always. We could have pizza the day before. And if we say, what do you guys want for dinner tonight? Pizza, more and more and more. And so at some point in time, that's heavy on the budget. And so it's not always possible. And if you remember as a kid, oftentimes the kids would ask for pizza and you go, I know there, we, we, I found a company who has figured out an economical way to do pizza. And so here's what we created. Hot pockets. <laughs> Hot pockets. Now, I'm not saying we've eaten them. I'm just saying this is what the world has given to us. The four cheese pizza with a garlic buttery crust, which is sounding good to you right about now or possibly making you feel a little sick. Either way, this is what happens. And so the kids go, we want pizza. And you go, the mom goes, hey, I got pizza for you. Hot pocket. And so I give you a hot pocket. Now, if you've not seen Jim Gaffigan hot pocket, you need to Google Jim Gaffigan hot pocket. All right. That's just, this is the kind of theological content I know you're coming to this church for. So Google that, not now, please, after, let me get through this, and then you can Google it afterward, okay? Listen, Hot Pockets can especially be off-putting, uh, but what's even worse is when the fakeness or the unreal things are tied to our relationships. Because everyone can handle a Hot Pocket for a moment, and maybe not even that long, but relationships that are superficial, 
that are shallow, that don't go anywhere, they ultimately end up leading to a lot of emptiness. And so no one really is looking or seeking out shallow relationships. You can actually think back to, I guarantee all of us could think back to moments where we felt like someone wasn't being real with us or honest with us, and that marks us. Those are experiences where you might have someone that you expect to be real or to be able to be real with, and it's not happening, uh, and you feel like there's some holding back or some shallowness or just trying to keep it uh, at an arm's distance, and that marks us. And so the last thing that any one of us want or are looking for, or what we would say are fake relationships. They might be fake relationship or a superficial relationship might be convenient for a moment, especially if you're just trying to keep things uh, at a distance or you feel like you've even honestly got things to hide. But nobody really goes around saying that I want as many superficial relationships as I can possibly find. That's no one's objective. No one's going after that. And so what I want to do this morning is talk about why nobody wants fake, All right? Whether it's with your pizza or whether it's with your relationships, why is it that we really value the things that are real and authentic? Because we're going to find in the word. And here's what we're going to see. People don't want fake because we've been crafted, created, and designed in the image the king of the universe. We were created to embody and reflect his glory. And this is the call on every human that has ever lived. This is why they were created and constructed from the the get-go. So fake is not going to cut it. Superficial won't satisfy what is going on internally for every one of us that we're made in his image. If you will, you can grab your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 43. There is such a powerful text here describing what God wants to do with his people. And he's speaking over the nation of Israel, but it's such a powerful reflection of what it means to be a part of the people of God. And so he's going to make this description, and it's going uh, it, it, to me, it's so unbelievably moving about what God thinks about our lives. And so here's what he says, Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. Cush, Seba, in exchange for you because you're precious in my eyes and you're honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I'll gather you and I'll say to the north, give up and to the south, Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. 
whom I formed and made. I can't begin to describe to you the purpose that sits on your life. You have such incredible design and purpose. And God is authoring a real life being moved by him. People can't stand fake because they were made for something real. Authentically created by the king of the universe to matter. Made to bring glory to him. Every one of us made to bring glory to him by the one who designed us. And so lying in the shadows or being the loner or going your own way or doing your own thing or looking out for number one, it won't cut it. Those all will ultimately lead to death. That mentality is going to lead to emotional and spiritual and even physical death. We're not meant to settle for fake. There's so much more for us. You can do it for a little while. But the longer that we give ourselves over to the things that are superficial, which unfortunately in many ways are often lifted really high in the world that we're living in right now, those things will lead to emptiness and ultimately feeling dead inside. And of course, this is a direct reflection of this prayer that this powerful, unbelievable prayer that Jesus prayed over you and me. And so we've got to understand that Jesus prayed something very definitive over our lives, and it was perfectly God's will for us, which means this. Anytime Jesus prayed anything, it's going to come to fruition. You need to hear that, right? Nothing that Jesus ever said and nothing that Jesus ever prayed was false. It was ironclad. And there's an, the hour before, in, in the hours leading up to, and right before Jesus was crucified, he actually prays a prayer over us. Because he actually, he, he, it's in John, we'll, we'll go, you can go there if you want to, John 17. He prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples. And then we're going to see that he prays very specifically over us. The, the people here right now, you guys joining us online, people in this room, the people that will come to follow. Look at John chapter 17, verse 20. John chapter 17, verse 20. Here's what Jesus says. So he just finished praying for his disciples, and then here's what he says. He's actually praying this. This is a prayer to the Father. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So this is Jesus' prayer for you. And I'm praying that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, look at this right here because he's going to echo what we just read in Isaiah 43, verse 22. 
the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one as we are one. He says it again, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Listen, Jesus prays this prayer and says, I'm asking, Father, that you would bring them together to make them uniquely one in real, authentic, and true relationship. And what he says is, what I want for my people is for them to be linked and unified in the same way that, Father, you and I are unified. This is my prayer, and this is what will take place for the church. And then he says this, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. Now, here's what I love. Jesus is praying a future prayer for all of his people, and he's saying, I've already given them my glory. Meaning you've been sought out and chosen from eternity past to host the glory and the goodness of God, to be his people that are marked with his righteousness and holiness, to be marked as people that are being made more and more into his image and being crafted for design and purpose. That there is a unity of heart and spirit that is meant to be the mark on us to bear the power and life of Jesus on us. That we'd be fully real and authentic, connected, and we are for each other. That is what God is doing over his church, and that's what he's doing in this church family. That we'll be a people that say yes to God, we want to reflect your glory and your mercy and your goodness. We want to be real and authentic uh, with each other. We're going to laugh with each other. We're going to cry with each other. We're going to call each other up and maybe even on occasion rebuke or admonish each other. We're going to cheer for each other and we're going to fight for each other. That is the mark of the people of God. It's it's the design of Jesus for his church. This is actually what we're meant to be marked by. More than all of our brilliant ideas and theologies, what really marks the church, Jesus' people, is this connection to him and to each other. This is what Jesus' church has been called to. And so when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to being connected, everyone's looking for something authentic. Here's the problem. Being authentic costs something. Being authentic costs something. Because the easiest thing in the world to do is to wrap ourselves up and to protect ourselves. But the Lord says there's life and blessing when it comes to being real. Because the only way that you can actually have real relationships and bring real meaning to each other is when you're actually willing to be real. In other words, you can't expect to have an amazing Chicago deep dish pizza if you're only willing to give away a hot pocket. 
And that's the hard part, right? You can't experience authentic, life-giving, meaningful relationships if you aren't first willing to be authentic and real. And it feels scary. And what Jesus is saying is, church, this is what you were made for, to be real with each other in a way that changes and transforms your life. That's the call on our lives. I, I love the scene that we see in John chapter four, because Jesus comes and he approaches a Samaritan woman. Samaritans and Jews don't talk to each other. Jews think that Samaritans are racially inferior and that they have uh, a, a religion that has been um, watered down or actually a religion that has been defiled. So they, they won't even talk with each other. In fact, you'll find that when Jews are traveling from the north to the south, the south to the north, they won't even go through Samaria. They'll literally take the longer route to go around it. That's how much they had uh, uh, enmity with the Samaritans. So, and again, I, I love what we get to see here, how Jesus treats people, all people, all races, all people, all genders. Because he comes to a well and he sees there's a Samaritan woman. She's there in the middle of the day. This woman's life is an abject mess. Jesus knows exactly what's happening and he approaches her and her life and her broken history. And he says, would you give me a cup of water? And she looks at him going, why are you asking me for what? You're not even supposed to be talking to me, sir. Why would you ask me for water? And he says, listen, I want you to know something. There's water I have to give to you. When you drink from that water, you'll never thirst again. So I've got something brand new for you. I got life for you. And she said, she actually, she has a very curt, short response. She said, that'd be great. If you could give me that water so I don't have to come here, that'd be awesome. That's basically what she says. So she ain't buying it yet. And so Jesus now, this is what I love about Jesus, because he loves every one of us way too much to stay in the fake and the shallow. Jesus is going to faithfully and lovingly push into the places to pull us to a place of being real and authentic, totally undone and totally remade new. So Jesus looked, in fact, we'll just read it here. So Jesus says to her, so he knows she ain't, she ain't buying what he's giving. So he says, let's talk through this. And Jesus says, why don't you go call your husband and come here? And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And then Jesus says, well, you're right about that in saying that you have no husband. Verse 18, because you've had five husbands. And the one that you have now, he's not actually your husband. So what you have said is true, that you don't have a husband. And the woman had said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Good observation. <laughs> Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now, this is what happens often. And we'll actually see this over and over in scripture where Jesus wants to push in on some things and he wants to go to a heart level. He wants to go, I'm going below the surface past the shallow because I want to get into your life. And everyone wants to go, mm, I want to talk on a theological level up here. 
And that's what she's doing. The, the Jews and the Samaritans, they're arguing about where the true worship is supposed to take place. Is it supposed to be on this mountain in Jerusalem or this mountain in Samaria? And she goes, I can see that you're a prophet, so let's, let's stay up here. Let's stay theological. Let's, let's, have a, let's have a good Bible study all the way up here. And Jesus says, that's not what I'm looking for with you. I thank God for theologies, but I'm not staying up in the shallow. I'm ready to go deep. And what he says, listen, the hour's coming and is now here. When the true worshipers, this is verse 23, when true worshipers, they're going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So what he's saying is this. I don't want to hover up here on this shallow level with you. I'm ready to go to deep places with you and to push in on the hard stuff in your life because I think you're worth it. And what he's saying is, we're not, I don't want to talk about, should we worship here and should we? I don't want to talk about religious duties. I don't want to talk about, is this the right way or is this the right way? Because he's saying, what I'm looking for and what's about to come for you is that the real worshipers, they're worshiping from a place of spirit and truth, mind, heart, soul, spirit. This is what I want with you. This is what I'm looking for with you. Your life is an abject mess. I don't care about the mountains that we're worshiping on. This is what the Father's coming after, the real you, the real thing that's going on inside of you. And I'll just keep pushing on these things so lovingly and so tenderly so that you'll come to me and have true life. He wants real worshipers. See, God wants our authenticity first. Jesus wasn't just praying that all of us would be unified and one in this authentic and real thing without first saying, but I want your authenticity. I'm going after you in an authentic way. You're the one that I want, that I'm leaning into. That's what I want. I don't want fake. I don't want religious. I don't want you to just say, I kind of feel, I can feel better about myself here and there. I want you to be authentic with me Real spirit level connection first with our Father in heaven through the person of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit and then real authentic connection with each other, wrapping, linking arms together and moving as one into great things that God has for us as a family and as individuals. And so authenticity here, this starts with God. Don't deflect don't make the issue about the do's and don'ts, the religion or whatever it is. Come to me. And I love this about God because he's been so real with us. He's been so real with us. You know, Jesus is great about being so kind, but he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's so good about that. He's willing to say, you're a mess and in sin. Your life is broken. And apart from me, there's death. But you can have all of me and have life. Therefore, because you were made in my image, you're meant to reflect my glory. You have infinite worth and value. You have infinite worth and value. And you have total access to me. So don't bring the fake stuff. 
Don't bring the shallow stuff. Let's go there with each other. Jesus does not want your show. Okay? He wants the real you. Jesus wants your authenticity with him. And from that place, he wants authenticity for his church. Because church, that is where transformation actually comes. That's where transformation actually comes. Change comes from the place of authenticity. If you go back to John chapter 17 and that prayer he prayed for us, look, he says, I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. What he's saying is when this church becomes authentic in their value and love for each other in the same way that the Father has loved us, that's the way the world is going to know that I'm legit and real. It won't come because you've got great political policy positions in your life. It's going to come because there's a community of people that are real and authentic with each other, embodying that authenticity that comes from knowing the king of the universe, being known by him and walking with him. That's the mark that's meant to be on the church. That's, what, that's how the world's going to know that Jesus is the king. So this is the call on our lives. Once we're real and authentic with God, and then real and authentic with each other, then, then we become the source of real and authentic that the world is looking for. And so we get to come bear the news. Here's the news. We were broken, and God restored us. We're empty, and God filled us. We were tired, God revived us. That's what it means to be authentic and real with the Lord and to be able to give that message away. And so it's time for the church. And when I say the church, I mean very much us to be a people who are, are clear about putting away the pointing and accusing finger. In fact, um, there's a call for that in Isaiah 58. It says, put away the pointing and accusing finger and start living in the light of the king of the glory, the king of glory, that God saved us and redeemed us and he's made us whole. And if we could just be honest, I think so much of the world's frustration with the church is that the church was trying to uphold a moral standard without linking them in authentic relationship to the king who's called us by name. I feel thankful for all the ways that God wants to bring his kingdom on the earth and establish his righteousness and goodness through government and through the arts and through education and all of those arenas. But it won't happen until they see something that's real and authentic, that's sitting on us as a people. And so the question is, how do we begin to do this together? How do we start to live this out? Because we've got to start linking arms and coming together to speak words of life over each other, to be able to be real and open and honest with each other. I've gotten a big old education in this, even this past year, as the Lord was just doing work in me and me seeing the value of authenticity. And I've, I've probably confessed in here a few times, but I just, I want to be Superman. Just, I, I want to be Superman. I, there's a thing in me, listen, I mean, there's a good thing in me that wants to love and help people. There's a false side of that that wants to be Superman and afraid to show any kind of weakness at all. 
and I've done this. I've done, I've, got, I've, got, I've done this with my wife over many years of time. We've had to work through like, hey, I'm Superman. She's like, I'm, I see you every day, dude. You are not Superman, right? I mean, that's clear. She doesn't say it that me. I mean, she, I'm just going. I'm just giving you the the short version, which is I'm clearly not. My kids could tell you the same, but I want to keep putting up this image that I've got it all together. And what I found is if I the places in which I want to see transformation in my own life will actually come when I'm just honest about it. I got to sit down a couple times this year with Darren and just be real. And you know what I found? What Darren says is, thank you. Thank you for being real and sharing. Let me tell you something. This is meant to be a house of people where we can be honest with each other and say, thank you. Thank you for being real. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I'm not judging you. I'm not, I don't have the accusing, pointing finger over you. This is a place where we can be authentic and real with each other. And from that place, church, this is where transformation takes place. It's time for us to come together. We have, we, you know, we, uh, you saw Lindsay's talking about men's and women's groups. This is a great opportunity to jump in with some people and start living life. We have women's groups starting on uh, this Wednesday night. We have men's groups, a couple of different opportunities for you to be able to jump in. Which, by the way, I love the, I love the slides here. Go back to the women's slide. There's the women's slide. And here's the men's slide. <laughs> that's on purpose, church. All right. That's just, that's authentic right there. Can I tell you? God, we, we got to just start. Start loving on each other by just being honest, okay? This is what the Lord's doing here. We're starting a brand new kind of a type of groups called, um, uh, we're calling them micro groups because we want to be no more than three or four. And uh, in fact, we're just gonna, in fact, I'll do in, in our River U class today, I'm just gonna do some training on groups that actually help make a difference. So we don't want to just do groups for saying we did a group's sake. We don't want to just come men and women together. Or, or you know, we have several family groups. If you're looking to, to, for a family group to be a part of, you can jump into one of those. The, the point is of doing anything like that is just to, to be able to say, we're going to do life together. We're not going to be afraid of being honest and real with each other. You have to share your deepest, darkest secret the first week. Of course not. We're just talking about being real saying, here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm going through. Would you pray with me? Listen to me. Transformation will take place in those places over the, the long haul, right? We all want, because we live in America, for everything to be fixed like tomorrow. And the Lord's saying, hey, I've got a journey. I've got a lifelong journey for you. You want to be conformed into my image? Jump on the train. We're going together. But my people are going to do it together. There is no transformation in isolation. Let me say it again. You'll not be transformed into what God wants you to be in isolation. You can mark that down if you didn't hear anything else. You guys stand with me. We're going to close. I'm just going to finish with this song. To say this is a house of miracles where we can actually be real with each other and honest and believe him for all that he wants to do, for the ways that he wants to heal us in our bodies and heal us in our hearts and heal us in our minds 
and heal broken relationships and restore the things that were stolen from you when you were a child and restore the things that were stolen from you by places where you were betrayed or hurt or wounded. This work of restoration and being transformed into his image is gonna happen as a community. This is where the Lord is marking us. And so we're just gonna say, God, would you make this a house that loves you, that treasures you, that worships you, that sees miracles transform us, sees miracles move over us. Let's make this our prayer. Father, we're just asking for you to do this. This this moment here, we're just anchoring down. Lord, this is a house, this church, this family is a place where we'll see your miracles transform our lives and change us from the inside out. Do this, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's worship.